Welcome back to the Fanboy Podcast. I'm your host, Fanboy, or Calum. And today I'm joined by uh, a couple guests. I got Marshall Man. Yo. He's, uh, would you still consider yourself a podcaster? Sure, why the hell not? I got yeah. a podcast online. He's got it's a podcast. But it's online. <laughs> he run, runs a podcast. He also makes playlists. And we also have Fantastic Hip Hop. He is a Yo. What's good? How we doing? How we doing? Fantastic Hip Hop is a hip hop blogger on Instagram. He also runs his own his own podcast. It's called the Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast, if I'm correct. Something like that. that yeah, that's fantastic, that's, by the way. That's the name. Thank you. Thank fantastic. you. Appreciate it. Yeah, so we're just going to go and talk about hip hop, uh, have a good conversation going. And to kick things off, I wanted to mention the Conway album, his most recent album. Uh, what did you guys Ooh. think of it? It's a good one. Um, I guess I'll start. Bamakina. I mean, it's a it's another Conway album. It's a little more mainstream than usual. A lot of it, you know, it was pretty dope. I mean, it wasn't a bad project, but um, I felt it wasn't necessary. Was it bad? No, it was fine. It was a good release. You know, the Griselda fans, the people who are craving that music, it definitely held them over. I liked um, the song with um, J.I.D. and Ludacris a lot. I liked a lot of the features, the young guys Conway's got on his drum work imprint. Um, Jay Skeese, he had a couple features on that record. He was showing off a lot of potential. Conway obviously did his thing. The production was dope. I mean, it was just a typical Griselda record, a little more mainstream, so like a newer typical Griselda record, I guess you'd say. But um, yeah, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 when it came out, and I still agree with that rating. But yeah, it was a dope record, but wasn't anything too crazy. That's solid, man. Because I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Griselda personally. Yeah, um, me too. Like every time somebody's, uh, uh, you know, talking about music, I'm like, oh, let me show you this West Side Gun song, or like, did did you hear the new Betty song? <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm eating this shit up. Like, like my La Machina. Um, like I don't use a, a number rating system, but I, I definitely got this shit like seven, seven and a half or higher. Mm-hmm. Um, gun to my head. Um, I kind of just see this type of thing though as like it's better than if it bleeds and it's worse than from king to a god yeah I I thought if it bleeds was a little better to be honest I think I like if it bleeds a little more than the average person honestly but they're both definitely they were they were definitely different I think this was the more you know like commercial Griselda project for Conway and you know if it bleeds I think was a lot more of the grimy underground shit but I think they were both good in their own regard I just think if it bleeds was a little better but um yeah i feel like it just comes down to what you're looking for in the but, yeah the end of the day. yeah they were they were both dope i'm really excited for god don't make mistakes i think you know every griselda fan every hip-hop fan should be because that's like you know that's what i always say like these projects they're not you know this is not conway's bread and butter this is just conway throwing you a little appetizer he's just lobbing you up this is what griselda does do, does i mean they make these little projects and they drop that one big one every year and everyone goes fucking crazy and i mean as you know a little filler album it's a good project but you know it's definitely not conway's best and i think you know we all know that yeah oh yeah what about you Caleb? would you would you have this rated at Seven, seven out of ten. There's decent. Uh, like you said, a lot more commercial than like past Griselda projects. Yeah, you've seen a similar thing with I think the plugs I met too. That also sounded kind of for sure. But yeah, this, this was done better because it's just sounded a lot more polished. Whereas the plugs I met too was it had like uh, mainstream beats to it, mainstream instrumentals, but it sounded. Uh, kind of uh, low quality like 
I don't know why. Like the mixing was weird. You think they didn't mix well? Yeah, I mean, I could see that to to an extent. I plugs two is actually I liked it when it came out, but I gave it a give it a seven point two, which is a good score on my scale. But it was just you know I was a little underwhelmed compared to the you know the streak Benny was on with plugs one, burden of proof, Tana talk three. Like it kind of was definitely a little bit of a step down from the rest of those three. Those were all like great fucking albums, like top ten, top five of the respective years. I thought it was a step down, but it is definitely, I think, one of the better projects that's released this year. And I mean, Benny, Harry Fraud, they definitely did their thing. It just, you know, it was a little underwhelming, but I still really do like it. I've come around to it, too. So you got Plugs 2 over Machina Fantastic. Yeah, I take Plugs 2. Yeah. I, I think it's just a little better. I, I think the production, I, I liked what Fraud did for Benny and his, you know, the entire Griselda sound. I think he kind of, he put his little spin on it and it wasn't as like mainstream as Burden of Proof, but it wasn't as grimy as, you know, like the original plugs. It was a cool middle ground between the two. And like the features were dope too. Like Fat Joe, um, French Montana even. French Montana had a great feature verse. And I've, I'm known to clown French Montana, but like he did his fucking thing. You know, like there was just like a lot of like good moments on it. Like I was a little disappointed when I saw the features at first, but it definitely wasn't as, you know, as rough as I expected. Yeah, I saw the feature list. I was like, okay, we saving money. What's the big project after yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we went from Black Thought and Pusha T and Jada Kiss to fucking French Montana. Like, you serious. Know, it's like, <laughs> it's just not good. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I really like this JID feature on uh, on La Machina. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to hear more JID recently. Do you think he's gonna drop this year? I think he is. I I don't see a world where a rapper this young who still has so much to prove doesn't drop for three years. I, I think that just looks bad, and I think that you're just gonna make the expectations even higher he's been on a great single run between you know the songs he dropped with denzel curry conway skeegee like it's time jad i mean you had your revenge of the dreamer shine i thought he was the star of that record and i'm a big fan of jid i just think you know you you're overdue for a project this year now i mean cole's dropping you got to drop too interesting i wonder how how connected that type of stuff is too because i mean you look at the the circles that people are in and and i mean jid is not a dumb person at all i'm sure he is so strategic with how he's timing this stuff out because he's given us just enough where we're like oh my god we love jid but then it's not enough to be like i like we're satisfied like we yeah project and i think he's gonna string us along till till we're ready yeah, I, I mean, I hope it, it's got to be this year. Like, I, I don't see a world where he doesn't release this year. I feel like that would just be, you know, it would start to get annoying because we've been waiting. It's been 2018 was when he dropped DiCaprio, too. It's a long fucking time. And he's not, you know, when you get to a certain age, I feel like it's OK for artists to take long breaks and take shit like that. But J.I.D. is still in the, you know, the early, the baby phase of his career. He definitely still has a lot to prove. So I don't think he has that cushion yet. So, yeah. you know, I, I want to see an album from him soon. Yeah, he gotta have his like mad city moment or something before he can get yeah <laughs> man it just yeah. be irresponsible for him not to drop this year yeah he i agree so long, survived so long on strawberries like come on now. <laughs> <laughs> that ass i mean it's a big it's a big opportunity i mean he's been getting bigger like every year like the time is now like you got to strike while the iron's hot i feel like isaiah rashad is you know kind of a similar principle like i feel like he kind of has waited a little 
too long to drop i feel like at this point but i feel the hype is there everyone's ready for this new album the single he dropped i've kind of been mixed reception i wonder what you guys think about that i personally loved it but um what'd you guys think of the new isaiah rashad song i didn't listen to it i don't i don't really listen to isaiah rashad i'm not don't really buy into his hype i've never really liked his music to be honest Mm -hmm. it was for for what it was I thought it was good. So I'm, I'm not super big in that lane specifically. So, um, or at least the sound that that song was, I don't I, that song I don't think is within the realm of the majority is catalog. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So like, I've heard, I've heard songs here and there and I'm like, you know, I, I fuck with him, but I don't, I don't know his shit. So when I heard that song, I was like, it's almost, it, it, it made me think uh, that's what I wish whole lot of red was like. Yeah. You know that's I, mean? I understand that it was very like i i liked the song a lot it gave me like modern like three six mafia vibes but just like different like it was just like very like you know like it had that feel to it it's like i can't even put it into a word but you know like it had that like energetic club like group feel like and i it, i liked it from that and i can understand the whole lot of red point whole lot of red has definitely been one of the weirder albums for people to really put an opinion on i feel like some people they fucking think it's like a 10 which i think is absolutely crazy other people i remember when it came out were saying that shit was like a two i think it's somewhere in the middle of that but i mean like definitely like it's a weird album it definitely disappointed a lot of people i thought it could have been a little better but I don't know. I think it's definitely an overrated and overrated album. Definitely agreed. I mean, yeah. um, I don't know. There's so many different directions you can go with that type of thing. It's 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 really difficult because especially, I mean, in getting back to JID, when you start building that hype up too much, you know, a whole lot of red, all, there's all sorts of examples, plug two. Um, yeah. You just end up with, you, you can't be happy with whatever you're given. There's just yeah. no ability. Yeah. I don't know. JID, please drop. Please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we want you to drop. <laughs> like, uh, an, another one is Kendrick. And we Kendrick hasn't confirmed anything, right? But I think the reason he hasn't dropped, like, besides, you know, waiting on, like, venues to open up so he can tour again. But, like, Baby Keem, I think he's been working with Baby Keem, Keem a lot. Keem's on his shit right now, man. Yeah. I think, like, you know, if, uh, like, right, right they're, they're cousins, right? So they always... Yeah. Like, a lot of influence and i think like kendrick uh if you guys remember his verse on uh mama i hit a lick by two chains he kind of went into like uh he, he tried a, a new delivery he was like a really monotone i remember that i yeah. wasn't i wasn't really a fan of that yeah I, a lot of people like I, I liked it myself but a lot of kendrick fans weren't really big on it and then he kind of stopped doing features after that and i listened to this new baby keem song uh do rag activity and he sounds just like Kendrick Lamar did on two chains. Yeah, on the just, on the mama I had a lick, the same yeah, pocket. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he sounds a bit better though. I, so, I gotta agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a um I remember when Mama Hit a Lick came out, everyone was hype as shit, and then it was just like it was weird as fuck. Kendrick also had that same um he had that he kind of wrapped in that same pocket on Hair Down by Sir. I don't know if you ever heard that song. And um yeah, I think Keem definitely had like that similar pocket to it. Keem definitely does it a lot better. I hope Kendrick doesn't like try that shit on his next album, which I doubt he will. I'm sure he'll do it good if you know he's really going for that direction. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting draw. I didn't really pick up on that until you said it, but now that you said, but now you know, see that clearly. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's why I don't think he will go into that pocket very much in this new album because he's kind of. I think he's giving it off to Baby Keem. Yeah. 
I can see that. Well, I mean, wherever, whatever direction Kendrick goes, though, it's um like I never mind waiting years and years for somebody like Kendrick because after a certain point, you're like, he's going to give us something. Like, like this is the man that gave us to pimp a butterfly. And, you know it's going to be great. Yeah. So whatever the weight is, like, it, it's going to be proportional. It's going to be worth it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Doom, you know, and, and all the time you wait for stuff or – yeah. I don't know. There's a million different directions you can go with it, but at the end of the day, like it's hard not to be satisfied. Yeah. No, I think Kendrick is definitely like he he definitely is the epitome of that principle. Like he doesn't ever really let down. He's never let down so far. I mean, and it's always worth the wait. And I've always kind of had this debate with a lot of people. Like Kendrick takes his time, but it's fine because he delivers greatness every time. It's always, you know, an eight or a nine. It's always a great piece of music that is so complex it takes years to understand it. You know what I mean? People are still picking up new things in dam and spin a butterfly yeah. and so on. It's so great. It's worth the wait. But I always say, you know, when you, there's other artists who a lot of people love in this community, you know, especially like ASAP Rocky, Joey badass, these guys have release patterns like Kendrick and they don't ever match the quality of Kendrick. So I feel like they have become very overrated in a sense that, you know, yes, they have a great album here and there, but there's other guys who match their peak or come damn near it and have, you know, these profound catalogs. And then there's dudes like Kendrick who work the same and they drop something, you know, 10 times better. And I always just feel like it's an interesting thing to talk about. Like these dudes, you know, they take so much time, but is it really worth it? Like, you know, how good is Joey Badass's next album going to be for us not to consider it a flop? Like, you know what I mean? It's just an interesting thing to think about. Like, what is the proper time an artist should take, you know, to release an album or, you know, so on. Mm. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on the artist. Yeah, for sure. I think it you know depends on the artist, where they are in their career. And obviously, you know, music takes time to make. Obviously, you know, it's not like they're just robots and they can craft this. You know, it's a big creative process, but... You know, when you're a major artist and you're, you know, doing this for your profession, like, I don't want to wait another three years for another testing from ASAP Rocky. Like, personally, like, I thought it was an all right project. I think it's like a six out of 10. Like, I think it's okay. I don't think it's a bad album, but it's not worth a three year fucking wait. Like, that, that's just the way I feel about shit like that. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how that, like, compares to Griselda, too, going back to Conway and them dropping multiple albums a year. And yeah like untitled unmastered by kendrick is probably better than half the albums that come out nowadays yeah um, but then you have people like conway and benny and uh you know west side gun coming out with what two three albums a year and yeah. they're just usually really solid content like mm-hmm. right in there i don't know it's it's just it, it, there's no there's no like quality control <laughs> yeah there really isn't but i mean the thing is like Griselda, like they, the I feel like like these projects like La Machina and shit like that. I feel like that's like they wipe their ass with that, and like you know what I mean. It's literally like breathing for them at this point. Like they've, I feel like they've mastered how to treat their fans. I feel like when it comes to you know they they don't drop bad music. It doesn't feel forced. It's just like they'll drop you know an okay project. It's like an appetizer, and then you know as you wait for that main course and it comes. And I feel like they've mastered it and they've all built up such great catalogs through that because they have their 10 to talk threes they're from king to a gods they're fly gods and then they have all these you know back they have this enormous back catalog it's so many good good projects filled with it and there's not really anything bad and i feel like it puts them in a place where they're really you know untouchable by a lot of people in today's game 
Oh yeah. Like main concern I hear about Griselda is that they drop too much. And I'm like, so the music is decent, but there's just too much of it. Then, okay. You're in the wrong game. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I feel like when there's an artist and someone's like, Oh, they drop too much. I feel like it's kind of an excuse for like, Oh, I'm too lazy to listen to all their albums. So I'm just going to say they drop too much. Cause I don't know where to start or it's overbearing, which I can understand. And obviously there's dudes who drop way too fucking much and suck like NBA young boy. But I mean, there's <laughs> guys who have perfected, dropping a lot and having these great catalogs you know griselda freddie gibbs billy woods you know the list goes on of these guys who you know have just these huge discographies and there's really nothing bad in them i mean obviously when you have a catalog like that you're not going to see much versatility from project to project you're going to get similar sounds and similar this but i don't think that's something to exempt something over i think being able to you know slightly reinvent yourself through different projects is you know what makes them so great especially i think west side gun i think he does that the best he always has you know some little creative spice and that makes each project so different and i think that's definitely why he's my favorite member of griselda and i think why he's the best member of griselda without a doubt yeah i want to actually backtrack this conversation a little bit to the kendrick lamar album release them and i want to compare uh that to kanye's album releases because when Kanye releases an album uh, it's again besides Jesus is King I think that one's going to take some time it's usually received pretty well and people listen to it for years like people are still listening to T-Lop, Dark Fantasy, Yeezus it takes years for people to listen to and they love it but it's different from Kendrick you know Kendrick he kind of goes under the radar and you don't hear about him until he drops the music Whereas yeah. Kanye, he's like, I'm dropping TurboGrafx-16. I'm going to drop Donda. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Kanye is a... thing is, Kanye is more than a musician. Kanye is a business in himself. Kendrick Lamar is a musician. He's a poet. He does not... You know, Kendrick Lamar is not a brand. Kendrick Lamar is an artist who is just... Music is so good, it has become a brand. Kanye, you know, his music is also so good, it's a brand. But Kanye in himself is a brand. So I think Kanye is just an outwards person. I mean, it really comes down to the different personalities of them. I mean, they're both amazing, you know, top tier musicians, but Kanye is just a different dude. Kanye is out there. He's very out there with his creation also because he needs to be. I mean, that's also, you know, he's marketed through that way and he makes these big projects. So I feel like at this point, like he'd rather hype up his own shit than have it get leaked or have other people talk about it because Kanye is a big collaborator Kendrick sits there and you know he writes everything he definitely he works in the shadows and the people he works with are also very low-key people I mean it's just evident from you know the past history Kanye is working with everyone from fucking you know designers to NBA players like it's really you know he's out there with his creative process so I think he feels that he's got to hype this shit up because first of all he's bringing in the big names and then, you know, he's also just around so much. There's so many different things. So if he doesn't say it, someone's going to leak it out. And it happens all the time. Like if you, you know, on the Kanye subreddits or whatever, there's always fans. Oh, Kanye's working with Dame Dash today. Kanye's working with this today. And he's playing something. It always gets out. But I mean, I think that's just the difference in their processes. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Well, the other thing, too, is that anything Hova can do, Yeezy can do better. If Hova <laughs> makes a billion dollars or Dre makes a billion, anybody makes a billion dollars, Kanye is going to be like, I mean, how, how can you have the attitude he has, you know, and, within music? Yeah. It's obviously being applied to manufacturing <laughs> and, and everything else within his yeah, brand. So for sure, he's, he's going on top, man. He's He's been doing great. I mean, you know, I 
you know, besides his, you know, whole divorce situation, he's, I feel like he's been, you know, at least financially as a businessman, the best he's ever been. I mean, he's going fucking crazy right now. And he's been going crazy for the past year, past four years since he went, you know, in debt ever since he would, is he at 3 billion right now? Or like, is it, they always change the figure that someone said it was 6 billion a couple of months ago. I'm not sure the exact figure, but he's fucking, you know, well, a lot See, of that stuff like, varies based on like your stock portfolios or like, yeah. you know, so like the more that stuff shifts that you're like, oh, he's worth $9 billion. That's why like, what is it? Tesla and, and uh, uh, not Tesla, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos go back Bezos. and forth between yeah. the, the most rich, it, yeah. richest people because the their stocks go up and down. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. But it's yeah, funny. I think, I think Kanye is definitely going to like surpass, you know, Jay and Dre and fucking everybody in that regard yeah. as far as brands. Yeah. He hasn't surpassed them yet. I, I mean, fin- so. financially, I think he has. But I mean, I think Dre and Jay have the you know the longevity and the you know just like the safe success. I feel like Kanye is still a very erratic a billion. If yeah. it is a billion or is it three billion or you know? Yeah, that's a that's a problem there. That's where it gets tricky is because he is very erratic. Where compared to someone like Jay Z, where I think he's a, a lot more uh, sophisticated with his money. Yeah, like you never know what Kanye's gonna put his money into. You know, I don't. I don't think Kanye is done with his decisions. I think it's just that he. I I think people that you know I, he's just erratic with his mind and his thoughts. But I feel he he has the he has the right ideas. It's just they're not always properly addressed or you know delivered. Well, it's like, have you ever met like a truly abstract creator that just had inspiration all the time? There's no, there's yeah. no stability there. That's like, what, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. you do so much. I mean, all of these guys there, there's a reason why they're so good at, you know, making all this art and it's clear with Kanye. I mean, all of his fucking albums sound different. All, you know, his clothes are so out there compared to everything else. Like, you know, the dude is just bouncing around all the time. That's what, you know, Joe Rogan said it best. He's like, um, when they were when Joe when Kanye was on the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan said he was um, you know, it's like we have like a 20 watt charger and this dude's brain is like 150 yeah. watts. There's just so much shit flying around in it that he, you know, can't control it. <laughs> but, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I just did a, a little Google search and uh-huh. Jay-Z is from what I saw, there are all sorts of different sources. Jay-Z's worth 1.4 billion dollars and Kanye's worth 1.8. Could be wrong, but that's what I found. Yeah. Sounds about right. But it's yeah. crazy. You remember yeah. how many years ago was it? They were talking about like, oh, it was a setup, the the robbery in Paris, and he's a dead. Yeah, he needs like to make money. 20, yeah, it was twenty sixteen. Yeah, well, he he said he was fifty million dollars in debt in twenty sixteen. So you know, I guess he made up all that money in that quick amount of times. That's Absolutely that manufacturing insane. money. You yeah. make money in music, but you go you go making stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the thing. Yeah, I feel like all these guys who are so rich, like music, is not making you a billion dollars, but you know all the other investments. That's what's gonna you know put you over the hump. Because I mean, like I don't know who's a rapper who's really just stayed true to music and only music and has become that successful. It's like it's just hard. I think when they kind of split up all of jay-z's earnings and everything i think it was only like 150 million for music which is a lot but in the scheme of you know you're a billionaire and you're known for rapping it's not you know 
Oh, without a doubt. I, a lot of times it just ends up as being uh, like the stepping stone. It's it's kind of like, um, yeah. you know, in the black community, like that's that's one of the things that's been there, uh, like sports and boxing. Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson's a huge figure for a reason, obviously, because that stepping stone. Mike Tyson, yeah. I mean, he's going back to boxing, but he hasn't been a boxer in years. Like the man's yeah. an icon for other reasons, even has a podcast. So yeah, it's it's crazy the different directions you can go if you just take that little step up. No, for sure, for sure. I want to talk about Mr. Rage. Did you, did oh, you guys Mr. like Rage. Mr. Rage? Yeah, what's your thoughts on Mr. Rage? I thought it was I like it was okay. Trippy Red did too fucking much and I have a complicated past with Trippy in the past couple of years. I think everyone does cuz he's just been all over the fucking place and I mean, yes, it was a lot better than his albums that he's had in the past year, but um he just like he, he did too much on the song there wasn't enough cardi and there was too much trippy but it was like it was an all right song but it definitely i don't think it was you know worth the hype yeah yeah i think I'm a big fan yeah i think i think it was catered towards cardi a lot more because trippy doesn't sound good on the beat at all i'm just gonna be honest he sounded like ass on that yeah but like <laughs> the play where cardi verse came in and it sounded like it worked cardi did his thing it just i felt you know it was too little cardi yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i think it was not suited for someone like trippy red and i like that he's experimenting with all these uh styles of music like hip-hop and rock and they're very like youthful genres these very youthful genres and i think that's what he's trying to be uh big in like big impact in youth you know i go to like uh my high school or go to spencer's gifts and there's always these trippy red t-shirts you know it's interesting yeah yeah he he is like i feel like the youth like i don't know i do see that first of all spencer's is such a weird fucking store it's kind of funny <laughs> that you brought it up there, there, still there's, open? There, there's this one spencer's that i live by and there's like they always in the window they have like these nba young boy shirts and i'm like yo like i gotta go in here and buy an nba young boy shirt just for the culture it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious but for got NBA young boy shirts and dildos how the fuck that makes you wow. money but they also got wrap snacks yeah i've <laughs> seen those wrap snacks i've seen those somewhere um i don't know i don't remember where i saw them but like who who is it like migos they're, they're dumb as shit but have they're kind of funny them? have you tried the wrap snacks are they good i don't know i haven't tried them that's what i'm trying to ask you i've not tried uh, them i think that should be an episode of your show caleb like like really? fanboy <laughs> podcast where we have wrap snacks or some shit like straight up i'd be <laughs> down do for that. that i'd straight up be down <laughs> for that just half an hour worth of eating snacks and talking about it. I think I like, someone... if you guys were older, I would say let's get some beer too, because so many rappers got beer brands coming out now. Yeah, I've seen Blue Blue and Exile had like a, a beer crossover for miles when they dropped that shit. I, that was dope. That's right. Tech just had one recently too. Uh, yeah. uh what's his name? For boot camp click. Really? Yeah, that's sick. I really want to get into the cannabis industry talking personally yeah and like right now like i have to wait another year because i'm 18 and like where i live uh, you have to be 19 to grow cannabis but even like uh not even growing cannabis but just like selling cannabis accessories there's a huge market for that you know so yeah you can take away a lot of the risk by not selling the actual drugs you just sell like the paraphernalia or something yes yeah there's a lot of different lanes you can be in like there are people i know people that uh they're in like advertising they just they work at a computer they're technically in the marijuana industry 
but they just do like graphic design and shit for like weed companies <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's legal in new well it's I, it hasn't got legalized but it's gonna be legal in new york but um it's a big industry over here mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm out in cali we've we've had it for a while and uh we take that shit for granted every day <laughs> yeah you got the california weed what's that like smoking california bud Man, so first off, I gotta say it's uh, the the research has shown that uh, it's best to smoke marijuana after you're 25 because your brain develops fully. Blah blah. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> responsible adult shit. No, that Cali weed man is some good shit. Like I have grown up knowing that and that alone. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, I traveled a bunch for uh, for this this job I used to do, and uh, I used to do a bunch of hustling. And so like during the nights, you know, the people that I'd be doing business with, some of them be like, oh, let's smoke some weed. And so I'll never forget like getting weed from like an Italian guy in Philadelphia <laughs> and just being like, this is the most dog shit I've ever had in my life. What just happened? And he's all like happy. Like I just spoke with friends out and I'm like, I can't be a dick. Like he's being generous and hospitable, but like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that Cali weed though. <laughs> and I mean, I mean here in Canada, like I, I can order stuff from BC. Like there's many like online dispensaries where you can just order in bulk. And I, that's just like, to be honest, like, like the hardcore weed smokers don't buy off people. They buy online. Let's be honest. Interesting. Well, in my area, at least I don't know about you. Cause like, again, you live in California. Like I don't live in BC or California or anywhere like that. I live in like Saskatchewan. We got like canola farmers here, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, no, to be honest, just buying online is, uh, it's probably the best way. And I'm not saying I'm not promoting like underage smoking, by the way. Uh, but I'm, I'm just saying if you're if you're the age, online's the way to go. And I, I really wish I could get into the business now, but I just can't because I'm not of age, which is unfortunate. Well, one more one more year for you. And then I mean, one year, though, one year. It's it's a 21 in some places. It's 21 here. The, the, the smoking age is 21. Yeah. Why is it 21? Same as the, same as the drinking. Or 19. Um, I don't well, know. I'm not be, the fucking governor. <laughs> it used to be 18 uh, to get uh, cigarettes and then 21 to get alcohol. And after a while, they were like, fuck this. Cigarettes go to 21. And I think they associate marijuana with cigarettes or with nicotine enough that they just moved all smoking stuff to 21. Mm-hmm. And yeah. plus, like, legitimately, like, the research shows, like, 25 is where your brain yeah. uh, has all the neural pathways developed. So, like, if you're smoking, you're not hurting the development of them. So I think the closer you get, you get to there, like my lady started smoking at 29. I, I see short-term, you know, memory loss here and there from smoking weed since I was 15, but she's just like, she's chill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, it's a balance with everything, you know? Yeah. That's the thing though. It's like, it is, it is harmful. Right. But like to make it 21 seems kind of unfair because if you're 18 and you can live, you can move out, live on your own. Why can't you go buy some weed? I mean, why can't you go buy some heroin? Like, there's yeah. I mean, you can <laughs> yeah. go buy heroin if, and I can, I can talk about that too. I can talk about why heroin should be legal. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying legal. I mean, decriminalized. Like, if you're catching someone on the streets just smoking heroin and they're not doing anything wrong, they're not getting anyone in trouble. The heroin is, they got it legally from the government and it's okay. <laughs> I think that's a great well, thing. 
I think there is okay. a, a big fucking I, rabbit hole there, man. Because especially is, relating to hip hop, like the like war on drugs and all that stuff, and how this that is, adversely affects you know people of color. There's a ton of shit there with with fucking crack. This this is a great conversation, and I'd actually love to go down this rabbit hole, but I have to um step out and I gotta go. So um fanboy, thank you for having me, Marshall. Good talking to you, and um we gotta do this again. We this is like we're having a great conversation. I'm kind of pissed. I gotta go. But um, thank you for having me, and um, yeah. Holla anytime, Have man. Have a good one, guys. Peace. All right, we can we can I can continue this for a little longer. I don't think Cameron's Get gonna it, join. Man. Uh, I got uh, a couple more topics. They're not hip hop related because I kind of wanted to steer away from that. Uh, first okay. one, I wish here real quick. Do you mind if I? There was something about Trippy Red that I was curious uh, if yeah. you if you knew about. Um, because because uh, I was remembering uh Trippy his music just to me, it feels, I don't want to say whiny, but like, it feels the same, the same level of like emo that like that whole alt rock era felt like in the two thousands. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm not a big fan of it. And there's a lot of that coming back as well. Like not as much as like 2017 with like Lil Peep and all that, but like Lil Uzi Vert definitely takes uh, some inspiration from that as well. Not only in his music, but in fashion too. And I'm not a fan of it myself, to be honest. I'm I, I don't, I'm not into that. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it gives me like good Charlotte vibes or some shit like that. It's like this music doesn't seem like it's gonna like really last. <laughs> yeah, no, well, like the emo emo thing was just a phase. You know, it's yeah, <laughs> and, and it is just a phase, right? Like when people like I've never been like an emo kid, right? I've never been all like I've never been that way, but I I know like. Uh, you know, when young people go through this phase, it only lasts a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And like when these people stop listening to this music, then there's no more audience for it. And it's just going to fade out. Yeah, that, that just becomes a nostalgic thing to remind you of yesteryear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I see it. I don't think it's going to last either. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, my bad. I was just curious about that. Yeah. Okay, switching up the, switching up the subject completely. Uh, what's your opinions on Tinder? <laughs> okay this is great this is great because uh i've been with my lady uh two uh two and a half years something like that now i met my lady my queen on tinder so i think tinder is hey. fantastic i was a fuckboy for a while and tinder i mean tinder uh gives you resources to do things like that but there is a lot of good stuff out there if you're open to it so i'm, I'm a fan i'm a fan well no it's great that you actually found a real girl through tinder it's like, okay, every time I go on Tinder, like, it was cool at first, right? And then now, like, I think Tinder has, like, this uh, this thing, like, where it refreshes, like, every week or so. Because I come back, like, once a week, and I see, like, I keep swiping, and I see the same people every time. And that's where it gets annoying, is if you live in, like, a smaller city like me, it's like you run out of options pretty fast, right? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like... A, and you can only do so many swipes, right? Before they charge you to do more swipes. Yeah, well, no, I, I'm gonna be honest. I bought into it, uh, so I could get more swipes out of it. So I do have like the Tinder Premium or something, so I can actually swipe as many people as I want. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's a fun thing to do. I like it. I've met a couple girls through it, like in, in real life, but like uh, nothing lasted more than like a night, right? I've never met. I'm not. I haven't gotten a relationship out of this and I don't think you can like I mean I'm sure you like you did obviously but 
I mean, here in my location, like it's not about that. And so yeah, I would like to see an app. Like I see apps that are kind of going for stuff that's like real connections, like Bumble is one of them. But even then Bumble's like turned into a hookup app as well. So I don't know, my thoughts on Tinder, it's okay at first, but then if you live in, in a small, you know, condensed area, it's it's not gonna get you very far. And yeah, honestly, like the like I, it, it's a it's a fun thing to do, and it's not good for you. I thought I don't think it's good for me to be swiping on all these women, just like you know, judging them based on like the first few pictures I see. It's not yeah. good for me, but I fucking love it. It's a good way to like. <laughs> Well, I, I will say though, Matt, like no matter where you go, like in any app, even on the serious ones, there is some form of hookup culture because there's like, like guys are notorious for just being thirsty as hell. So no matter where you go, there's always thirsty dudes. And that's, that's, I think one of the reasons that, uh, that, that some places get a bad name. So like, dude, I, I remember, so I, I was using Tinder for years actually. Uh, so years ago, um, God, this would have been 20, 2013 or even before that, maybe 2012. Um, I, I was on Tinder then and it was just completely different than it is now or it was two years ago or whenever I was last on it. Um, and and I remember at the time, OkCupid was seen as like where you go to meet like real connections and I wasn't finding them there. I was just finding a lot of like, like not to kink shame or anything, but just like people that, you know, were just a little too too weird or too off for me just like not in the same lane and so I ended up on tinder and I was like oh I mean you know people I had some good dates but it all depends on like what you put up so no matter where you go you know you got to have the right profile to attract the kind of person you're looking for a lot of people don't understand how any of that works because it's essentially just like advertising you know what I mean but for yourself yeah you're selling you're selling yourself and it's a weird thing like just the concept of it is just so weird to me especially if, it's, if you're just on there for hookups you're basically prostituting yourself in a way and that's why it's like almost uncomfortable you know i mean they, you, you don't know that there's money involved or anything like that so well, i mean that's that's an important thing money. i think for, yeah. for for the whole female independence thing is like i i don't like to be you know getting in the place of like judging what a woman do, does you know yeah no like there's nothing wrong with that right or man uh, i guess for that matter like <laughs> out like it's uh yeah it, it's iffy that, that's that's my take on it, it, it it's iffy at the end yeah. of the day. Well, i mean i guess there are at the end of the day too like i remember seeing seeing people where i'm like okay i swipe and then the first message you know you say something and you're like oh you're a bot or or they immediately are like all right so like here's my cash app and you're like all right next <laughs> yeah and it's also like online dating is really weird for me it's it's for me it's actually a lot it's a lot easier to talk to girls in real life than it is online because you don't have the connection, right? You don't know, you, you can't see their face and you don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Like you've never met them before. So it's like, I'm just talking through text and like, I'm missing out on like so much information. Yeah. There's a lot of social cues and like facial expressions, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That, 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 that's important. And like, th- that's just completely cut off. So I, I think that's also what makes it, uh, well, like one of the things fun. I think that's super interesting about Tinder and all that stuff is the dating profile. Like, uh, I, I remember I have a screenshot somewhere of my old profile. Um, cause, cause it was just hilarious to me. It was kind of just like a game. Cause I was, I was just like genuinely looking for, for cool people and stuff like that. And I mean, being, you know, kind of a little fuck boy on my own. Uh, but, 
but for the most part, it was all just like, okay, if you're down, you're down, you know, and like, yeah. eventually you find cool people if, if you're putting out good vibes. And, and uh, I think I had something on there. I was like, uh, I'm, I said, geek, uh, geek, dork, or, uh, or nerd, whatever your preferred nomenclature. Cause it showed people right away that like, okay, I like big words. Like I'm a fucking nerd, but like, is that going to be an issue? So that way when people hit me up, it wasn't like, Oh, you're fucking like intelligent or something. Or like, you actually like fucking read. And I'm like, yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, like it is, it is fun to come across these funny profiles like that. Like, uh, like you just see like these like troll profiles once in a while. And I came across this one called plant guy. Wow. And it's just a picture of plants. Like, mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So I remember seeing Pikachu <laughs> and like other characters, people just have random pictures yeah. up. And, and, yeah. And, and like uh, another, another thing that I have to complain about is the filters. It's like how <laughs> self-conscious you need to be that you cannot not use a filter. Well, I mean, imagine being told from like the age of like 10 that you should look pretty and, and that you had to look good in all pictures and all this crap. And then, I mean, how it's fucking crazy yeah. beauty standards and shit nowadays, but that's a fucking rant of its own. <laughs> well, did you know that your phone actually, um, well, I mean, you take a picture in selfie mode, your iPhone automatically softens your face to make you look prettier. Yeah, they doing that on the newer models or what? Yeah, there's a setting to turn it off, but I have an iPhone 8 and I don't mm. know how to get rid of that. But I wish I could because I'm like, I'm looking at, I took a picture and I'm like, I don't look that pretty. Interesting. I have an iPhone 8 also and it makes my grungy ass face look as normal. So that is crazy. I know Snapchat definitely does it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, at least with Snapchat, there's like, uh, you can, it says filter, it says the filter that was used. So that's mm-hmm. nice. But I think that that's just a, another scary thing is like, how many people are hiding out in their bedrooms? and uh, they don't want to show their face they're only showing some, something through a filter and it's almost sad to see like humanity progress this way oh man yeah but, i mean yeah. i don't know everybody's got their own problems and issues or whatever yeah. you want to call them so yeah i don't know i think just like i don't want to see humanity progress into like a point where we're have you seen that 15 million merits episode of Black Mirror? 15 million what? 15 million merits. I I'm sure I have. I just can't remember which one it is. So yeah, they're all like in their these like cubicles and they kind of live through like this uh, point system where like the more like you bike or get oh. exercise, the more points you get. And then eventually you go onto the show and you get famous. But after they leave the show, they're back and they're just kind of doing their own thing on their phone. And that's kind of an interesting look at reality. Yeah, the way that they the way that they turn that into like some sort of an analogy for because you can take that two ways. Um, that episode was really interesting the way that it changed because I think near the end, spoiler alert, um, one of the girls in it was like in a position where she had to do like porn or something like that in order yeah. to like keep her stardom. And so it was really interesting like like it's almost like a literal analogy of like whoring yourself out to you know fame and like doing whatever it takes to be famous when you know we don't think about like the negative stuff about fame or like the effect but more importantly just like you know you are a person with value besides how famous you are yeah and do you think like 
Uh, you think talent and fame is coming back now that people are like getting more more personal on vlogs and stuff and they kind of have like a personality like do you think we can start to see that coming back in a way I think kind of I think one of the things that happens when you have more people in the world is that it just makes every group grow so like you know when you have uh like imagine your high school as like a community there's only like one or two emo kids or there's like one goth kid or there's you know, there's all sorts of different categories or like, you know, brands of, of people, like everybody's got their own, their own fashion or their own personality. And so the, the more people that are on earth, the more of each of those groups are going to grow. And so eventually you have communities within communities and like underground rap has gotten bigger and bigger over the years. Cause I feel like there are more and more people that are, that are listening to it because they care about it um, as more people are born. And you know what I mean? Like we've got a fuck ton of people in the world. Um, but I think that, I think that also goes with uh, taking that into consideration. You also have to remember that like, no matter what, there's going to be people that are just like, I want mind numbing entertainment. <laughs> and yeah. so they're like, give me whatever. I don't care. Like, give me NBA young boy all day because they just, they just want something in front of their face. They don't care about the quality or the talent. No offense intended. Yeah. And I but, think, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's also like the mindset of people. Like again, like I, I, I go to high school, and half the kids are only listen to NBA YoungBoy, and it's because like they're just not, they just haven't met that maturity level to get past, uh, sort of that ADHD entertainment. You know, and I don't think, yeah. like some people won't. You know, some people are old and they they only watch TV and they only, you know, they have, um, it's only mainstream and it is for most people. But somehow, yeah. somehow, uh, I I went through that really fast. Uh, I matured really fast in, in some <laughs> ways. In, so, in some ways, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the most mature. Like I'm not the most responsible person. I'll be honest. I'm pretty irresponsible half the time. But no I am mature. At your age. Yeah. Like there's a there's a difference in this responsibility and maturity. Yeah. So like, on, yeah. Honestly, that's that's how I feel. I mean, do you, I, you feel like talent is coming back though a little bit? I feel like maybe, maybe not talent necessarily, but like, I guess personality in a way is definitely coming back during in vlogs. It's not just, it's not just Jake Paul kind of screaming at a camera anymore. There's like a lot of like chill people growing their own brands and they're, they're not as big as Jake Paul, but I can think of people like Sugar Pine 7. And I don't think you know who Sugar Pine 7 is. Mm-mm. But they got pretty big like a few years ago and they were making these things called alternative vlogs where it, it looked like a regular vlog, but it was kind of set up in like a story. Like they had a story to go with and they're like, okay, you're going to do this. And then from there on, they just improvise the whole thing. And that was just <laughs> really entertaining to see. And it was really fucking funny. It was the, honestly the funniest show I've seen on, uh, on YouTube. And they want to stream me. And now they just do a podcast, which is all right. But I, I think that could definitely come back now. There's a lot more room to grow like an independent brand that's not mainstream. Yeah, no, I think the more people too that, that get tech savvy, like, I mean, it's, it's funny to think like we're on a podcast right now. There, there are people that don't know what a podcast is or listen to podcasts even. So I think the more people, you know, the more grandmas or the more mothers and fathers or, you know, kids that grow up listening to podcasts with their parents like there's gonna there's everybody's gonna you know start digesting content in different ways so there's there's got to be some sort of uh 
you know, whenever, whenever there is opportunity, there is someone that's willing to follow their dreams. So I think there's just going to be a lot more of those people, you know, as, as time goes on and everybody's resources increase. Yeah. But, and before we leave today, I wanted to talk about like movies and TV with you because cool. I've, I've been wanting to do that since I listened to your fairly faded podcast. We haven't really talked about TVs, much, TV shows much, but I'm down. Yeah. I've been, uh, I guess I'll start like, what's your favorite sitcom? What's your favorite, favorite sitcom? sitcom. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard because it bounces around. Uh, right now, my favorite sitcom is Community. Uh, previously, it's been like a lot of times my favorite sitcom is basically like my comfort show. So it's been like uh, Wilfred before or it's been, you know, Friends or The Office or that type of stuff. But right now it is Community. I've Honestly, I didn't really like Community when I watched like the first two episodes and it seemed too normal for me. Mm. It's one of those shows that uh, if you've never been to community college, it's a little bit difficult to understand. But uh, if you spend like, like two semesters in a community college, community will be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> like I, I think I've watched the show like eight or nine times through something like that. I just have it on in the background all the time. But uh, what's, what's your favorite sitcom? Oh man, it's, it's pretty close for me. Like I'd say the office is number one, but runner up is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm, okay. I actually didn't give Brooklyn Nine-Nine a fair shot. Cause I remember when they started getting romantic with Jake and, and what's her name? Amy. Uh, Amy yeah. Uh, they started getting romantic and I was like, okay, here we go. So we're going to have like a season of lovey dovey. We're going to have a season of breakup and rec- recuperate. We're going to have a season of like, will they get back together again before the show is over? And so I just stopped. And then somebody was like, no, they're just like together. And the show just keeps going with them together. And I was like, all right, I should, I should give this a try for real. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think like Brooklyn Nine-Nine kind of fell off after the fifth season, like most shows do. And like, it, my problem wasn't that like Amy and Jake stay together. That's cool. But nothing really happened since like all the characters kind of just became like extreme versions of themselves you know like (laughs) charles just became like more weird uh terry became more like i guess expressive and loud whatever you call him and amy became more of a control freak as it went on and it just you don't really see any character development recently it's just the most extreme version of their characters so I, yeah. I hope in this like in this next season we could see some like development with uh, with Charles. I really want to see Charles develop a lot more. Uh, maybe I think that's one of the that's one of the things with the nature of sitcoms, though, isn't it? Like you you kind of sacrifice some character development for the sake of being able to pick it up any time, because because the whole point of the sitcom is you can watch any episode anytime, and for the most part, you know what's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's difficult to do. You know, how do you, you know, change a, a character after like seven seasons and have someone like who hasn't seen the earlier episodes but was watching this new one and maybe doesn't appreciate it as much because they haven't seen this character develop. Yeah, well, I think too, like you mentioned Black Mirror before, I think dealing with sitcoms and dealing with, you know, any other show is like two entirely different animals, like apples and oranges. Yeah. Because the way that you judge uh uh you know any sort of sitcom is completely different than you would be judging like uh oh my god like a superhero 
you know, series. Like they're all just, there's so many different lanes that you can be in. Kind of like hip hop. There's so many different subgenres now that, you know, it just makes everything okay almost. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and the thing about sitcoms, I will say, I haven't seen any new sitcoms since Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like nothing's that funny, you know? I'm waiting mm -hmm. on, I'm waiting on the next Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Wilfred was really good, especially if you if you're a stoner. Wilfred's amazing. <laughs> is is it new? Uh, no, it's 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 old. It's Elijah Elijah Wood um, from Lord of the Rings, hmm. and um, he he. Uh, long story short, he he smokes some weed and tries to, or he takes some pills and tries to commit suicide, and then wakes up. It didn't work, and his neighbor's dog looks like a guy oh. in a dog suit. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned this one. It's an amazing show because it's like, like it's all about hallucinating and shit like that. Yeah, there's like a some. I, all I remember hearing is like, a, from what I remember, it's like someone in like a dog costume humping a couch. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. I think that's what you said. And for some reason, that's the only thing that I remember because it was so shocking to me that you 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 only remember those things. Uh, yeah they're really good at that they've got a couple moments where you're like oh my god like it shocks you because you're like it's a person in a dog suit but yeah if a dog was doing this it would be completely normal yeah <laughs> yeah um but you said something about uh, uh characters becoming extreme versions of themselves yeah. Yeah. and it's kind of like uh, a new girl winston turned into like this really really eccentric character but he was part of why i kept watching the show you know so i think there's there's definitely something to that when it comes to the like sacrificing character development and weirding out you know like a like going deeper into the mind of the character yeah i think a show that does that very well again is uh breaking bad like i haven't seen any show like breaking bad and i think it's i don't know if it's cliche to say but it's the best show of all time because you actually see this character uh kind of like he's, he's the villain of the story walter white is the main villain of the story but you yeah. see his backstory and you can't kind of like sympathize with him at first and then like you reach the fifth season and i'm not going to spoil it but he does some really fucked up stuff in the fifth season that he wouldn't wouldn't have done in the previous things and you're kind of like you know you went along for the ride and now you're kind of like holy shit should i have been supporting him the whole time i kind of like that <laughs> It's that whole anti-hero debate. It's really interesting. It's kind of like the the movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Like you're rooting for the Joker, kind of, or you sympathize. But is he really worth your sympathy? Like, yeah, like yeah. Then that's the, that's the tricky thing about Walter White. It's because like like you can justify everything up until like the fifth season, I think, and then it's just almost it's almost frustrating because the whole narrative kind of flips. Like there's like the way that they do the camera angles in the fifth season, like, you know, the, uh, what's the episode called? Uh, Ozzy something. I don't remember how it's pronounced, but it's the episode where like, he's, uh, he gets back in the house and he gets into the fight with, uh, what's her name? with Skylar. And then uh, the camera kind of pans out to Skylar and Walt Jr. And you see them like kind of looking in fear up at Walter White. And from there on, the whole perspective just shifts to where this character is, he, he's the villain now. He's no longer, he's no longer the good main character. And I think something interesting about Breaking Bad that a lot of people don't really mention is Gus. Now Gus, oh my, Gus is like the, oh my, oh my God. Gus is the most like 
entertaining uh, character because he's just so dead inside. He is a straight villain. He is a straight up villain. And Walter White, he can never be as bad as Gus because I think like Walter, he's trying to be what Gus did. He tried to build an empire like Gus and he was close, but he never got it because he wasn't as heartless as him, right? He had that heart. He had the soul and he had like uh, simple, he, had, he has reasoning for why he does things, you know? Whereas yeah, Gus is only like, he thinks about his business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, it's it's weird. It does, I don't think it really gives much away, but the, that moment where you realize that that Walter needs some company, you know, at that point where he like basically doesn't have any because, you know, he's a fucking mob boss or a drug boss or whatever you want to call him, a drug king, kingpin. Like it put, at that point, like, you you don't really have friends because your business is so dangerous and and when he realizes that like that was that was some serious character development after character development yeah and just like to see him like okay i'm just gonna spoil this like to see him uh (laughs) lose the money in the end really sucked it really sucked because Mm -hmm. it's like and and then again it's 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 a really weird feeling because i was feeling I, i was uh and I was kind of rooting against him up until spoiler alert, take off your headphones for five seconds up until Hank died and he took his money, all his money, half his money was stolen. I think he, like they left him with like one barrel and it, it was just yeah. so sad to see, to be honest. That was so nutty. Oh, that God. show just turned into a train wreck really hard at the end, like yeah. in a good way, of course, but it yeah. was, oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I like it. You know, I'm not, I'm not too into like the average happy ending type of shows like that's why i don't like most superhero movies it's because super superhero movies it's the same old same old and when i watched infinity war i I thought i thought infinity war was great because the avengers lost the avengers lost in the end Mm, and that's where empire strikes back yeah That, that again that's why the empire strikes back is my favorite star wars film it's because like like secretly whenever i watch a superhero movie i'm always rooting for the villain because like they they never really get a chance to win and that's why i'm always like i'm rooting for them because once in a while i'll be right (laughs) and then they're gonna win interesting yeah but do you think that that might come from uh because i'm sure you were raised on things that had anti-heroes in them and like anti-heroes have been more prevalent you know for for I don't know, recent years. I wonder how much that has to do with it, like the, the sympathy mm. and empathizing with that person. Mm, I don't know. I, it's always been that way because I didn't grow up off superhero movies or anti-hero movies that I can think of. Like I grew up watching mostly just like uh, cartoons and like kids' movies, like family shit, like Gravity Falls, Phineas and Ferb, like all that kind of stuff. I wasn't watching a lot of movies, but even then I was... I've, I've just seen so many shows that like I from a young age I understood the formula and I understood that this is how it goes you have this happy ending and I just like to be surprised <laughs> yeah I mean I guess that's where the the Kubrick lover in you comes from you know you, there's there's something really about a really cool about a nice twist yeah uh yeah that's why I like Black Mirror and a Twilight Zone it's because there's always a twist and I, and it's always fun to guess the twist but stuff like uh man the twilight zone did i tell you about this one episode where it's it's like a ballerina and uh a clown and i think like 
so a, a ballerina and a clown walk into a bar what it's no like a ballerina and a clown <laughs> and something else i think he's like a nutcracker all end up in like some dome and they don't know who they are they don't know where they are they don't know what this dome is and they don't know how to get out and then like at the end they kind of form like a human stepladder and the ballerina falls out of the dome and as she falls out it kind of it pans out to a sidewalk and the dome was just a trash can full of used toys for christmas wow yeah that's Cra- amazing <laughs> crazy shit i don't that, and that's why uh again like when i've when i have made films last i haven't made any films since since freak show or like any any uh like kind of feature films like that i always have a twist and that's kind of just been my brand it's like like every time i'd be in like my media class and like we'd be showing our films and they're like okay here comes Kim again he's gonna have a, a dark twist and then one time <laughs> i one time i didn't and they're that's when they're expecting it they're like oh they're ex- they're expecting some dark twist no i was just making coffee in my in my house that's all it was about and that that was the twist that there was no twist yes that's how you play true chicken like so many people get lost in that they're like oh oh but you're like no as soon as they're expecting it that's when you don't do it and then they're all put off because they're ready for it but it's never coming so they're always on it it's just oh that's so that's great shit uh, after after all my martial arts training it's super interesting uh like the mental aspect of stuff like that it's just fascinating yeah is, is martial arts similar i mean it has to be like if you're fighting you gotta like be one step ahead of the other person kind of yeah it's almost like a game of, of chicken because you're like um i mean there's a lot of different styles and everything and you know i am i am no no mike tyson or no you know floyd mayweather or somebody but i i it, it was always really fun to play that game of chicken because you're like you know i move my hand and then if they don't move then it's like okay i do something else but if it's like i move my hand and then they do this or they react this way then it's like okay i do this and they react and then i do this and it just creates this like chain of events and stuff where you're like trying to figure out like logically like if they do this then i'm going to do this or if they do that again then i have to not do this and it just it becomes this whole big back and forth chess game yeah. and like what's joe rogan say it's like uh high high i always forget this oh my god it's high stakes problem solving with uh with uh some sort of god damn it i can't remember never mind <laughs> but um, it is it's problem solving in the moment while you're fighting man we need a moderator every because like we got that stoner memory, you know what I mean? We need, we a, need a Jamie look it up. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, can you look that up? Yep. Man, I got to hire Jamie. I'm just going to put out like a wanted ad. Jamie wanted. If you know, you know. Call wow. my number. <laughs> I mean, you can always just be like, hey, Jamie, look that up. I mean, if you're listening, let's just say your name is Jamie. You can look that up if you care enough. No, I'm <laughs> yeah yeah you know if you're actually listening to this podcast and you're gonna look something up for us that'd be pretty cool that'd be awesome just look it up and dm me at fanboy underscore ig wow the yeah. fanboy internships have now started yes sir, yes, sir. <laughs> oh man actually like speaking of like speaking of internships like i really want to build this fanboy brand and someday I might not be hosting the podcast. I'll, I just want to get it out there that I might not be hosting this podcast someday 
because I'll be moving on to better things. And, you know, I got to find a host to host the podcast. So that, mean, that, that, that's years down the road. That's years down the road because like my plan right now is to just, I obviously like doing this podcast and something that I enjoy. And if I enjoy doing it down the road, I'll, I'll keep doing it. But if I just could keep continuing to build a, build a brand and build all these like other like sub markets, like selling merch and uh, album, album reviews, and all these other all these other things i'm not gonna have time to do a podcast so that's why like i don't want to get too attached right i don't want people to get too attached to me i mean at the end of the day like entrepreneurship is 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 uh it's complex you know like if you're trying to build anything um i mean there's how many songs are titled nothing lasts forever you know it's a cliche because it's true and i think uh that's one of the things that people forget they get they're like oh i'm doing this job and so they try and find a career and they they get like one track minded to this is what i do whereas if you're really a true entrepreneur then you're you're trying to do whatever is uh most valuable for your time and most valuable for you know what you what like you feel like your purpose is so you know i mean the the podcast could evolve into who knows like video youtube it could there's a million different things that you can, you can do with anything. So, yeah. Well, I'm definitely trying to expand to YouTube eventually for season two of this podcast. It's uh, I'm going to make it all video. And uh, that's why I'm just keeping all this audio stuff in season one. And I'm just going to drag out season one until I feel like I'm ready to do the video podcast. But yeah, I think, yeah, like my goal is to build a whole network. You know how like YouTube partnerships work? I have no clue actually. So you can sign up with like a YouTube partnership through YouTube yourself, or mm-hmm. you can use a third party and it's called a network. And what they do is not only do you get a partnership and you can monetize your videos through this third party, but they can also promote your content and they take a percentage of it. So you get like 70% of the revenue, they take 30, but they promote you. And if I could do that with kind of a, like this fanboy thing I'm, I'm building, I would like to expand to YouTube and like years down the road, grow this channel and build a network like that where I can get a lot of other smaller podcasters and creators and give them kind of leverage give them promotion because that's one thing that i know i will be doing most likely forever is the marketing uh side of things because that's that's i find that's where my strengths are is in like kind of the graphic design and marketing stuff so i can give you like good edits good graphics just for like a a small revenue split and it's a win-win at the end yeah i mean that that's that's one of those crazy things man about the way life is right now um because it i don't know in 2021 you can do so many things to to earn money or or there's so many different things people consider even like a career like there are people that make money just making tiktok videos or making you know doing affiliate links on youtube so you know you gotta gotta pretty much follow everything and like i've been i've been personally getting into uh you know crypto and stocks and um you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And, and so I'm, I'm starting to get pulled away from podcasting 
Um, but you know, I'll probably just be on other people's podcasts and, you know, still be doing all the playlisting yeah. and stuff. So it's like, whatever, there's so many different lanes to occupy, man. Like you gotta, you gotta do whatever the hell is going to make you happy and fed. <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta think about yourself in the moment. Like, what do you want to do right now? Yeah. That's yeah, always going to change. Yeah. A little bit of moral, you know, compass in there, making sure, you know, you're providing for yourself or your family. Like there's all sorts of different ways you can kind of mold it together into what you need. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot what I was going to mention. Oh yeah. You talked about uh, cryptocurrency. Have you invested in Dogecoin? Yeah. I've been watching that pop back up, man. Like today's been a little bit of a rebound. Are you? No, I've, I've actually, I looked into it for a couple minutes until I got too tired. Cause I, it was like 12 o'clock at night, but I think now's a good time like right now at this moment is a good time to invest because they had that dip after SNL. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's really interesting because I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been messing with Dogecoin for a little bit. So I started, uh, I started last year in 2020. And at that time, Dogecoin was like less than a penny. And I remember being like, Oh, I'll take it from like 0.008 to 0.00, you know, fucking four or whatever, like just get or zero, zero, go one decimal point over like essentially you just if you're making you know a thousand x because they cost less than a penny you know and it goes up half a cent or something like that then like you're making a lot of money it just doesn't seem like it because you're like i made you know a half of a half of a cent um but when you start compounding things that's where it gets interesting and had i just held on to that dogecoin i would have had fucking thousands of dollars um, but i was like i was just day trading it i was swing trading it you know taking my wins and trying not to get greedy but there's a bunch of people like I heard a story about a dude. I swear to God, I was on Clubhouse. This guy's like, yeah, I, I put like 48 bucks in Dogecoin and then forgot about it. He meant to sell it and he never did. The dude's got like eight grand or something like just, just free money. And he's like, I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> it makes no sense at all to me. But but I'm uh, I'm in Dogecoin right now. And uh, just for the record, we're not financial advisors. So none of this is to be misconstrued as telling you to invest right now, but I'm in Doge. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about investing in stocks. So like, yeah, don't take advice from me, but I, I, I would assume that right now or like last night would have been a good time to buy because they had that dip after SNL for some reason. Yeah. I was in it um, during the SNL dip. And as it went lower, um, I think the lowest it went was like 40, 42 cents, 40, 40 40 something it was real low but i think i was buying it up like around 45 cents because it was just that's just going to be lowering what i think they call it dollar cost averaging you're just lowering your average cost on the item well what's it at right now uh at this very moment dogecoin is at about 50 cents it's uh 0.503329 and i mean it's been just today alone it's been as high as 52 cents and as low as like 48 cents it was like 70 72 cents um the day before snl i think do you know why it dipped after snl like was it something that he said i didn't i didn't watch it so i wouldn't know well there's uh everything is kind of cyclical and i think uh you got to think about it like like there's two different types of investors there's the people that are investing um, because they heard it was a good idea and there's the people investing because they have a plan and a strategy and they know what they're doing. So, uh, like as an example on 420, everybody was like, Dogecoin's going to go to a dollar, but it didn't. 
um, the day before 420 on 419, it had a hard spike, but then on, then it started dropping down. And then on 420, it dropped down even farther. Same thing with SNL. The day before, spiked up real hard, and then it started dropping down. And then uh, the next day, it hit even lower. So I think it's all about timing, you know, like more important than, than what you're buying is, is why you're buying it and when you're buying it. Because if you buy something at 20 bucks and it goes down to 10, like you're losing money, obviously you buy it at 10, it goes up to 40, you're making money. It's, it's like very simple when you say it like that. But when you think about like the stock prices or the cryptocurrency prices moving up and down, timing is everything. And people are like, oh no, I'm losing money or, oh no, I'm winning, you know, and it just creates this big old complex thing of a bunch of people buying and selling to try and fuck each other out of each other's money. <laughs> it sounds like gambling in a way. It's, it's similar. It's close. Um, but apparently stocks and crypto and all that is not considered gambling yet. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I've, I've been, I've been jumping all into this shit a lot lately. So it's kind of become a part of the, the entrepreneurship but chase whatever it is that, that you know, makes you yeah. want to do what you do. I mean, yeah, I'm cons- like, I definitely am going to do other stuff after high school. I just can't right now because I don't have the time. But I'm considering opening up an Instagram store and just selling like hip hop merch. And yeah, you do designs. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's like super easy to do. Like I can just pull like an image from uh, Google off like Creative Commons and kind of switch it up a little bit, put some distortion on it, add some text and some layers, takes 10 minutes. And then, yeah, those designs go by, you know how fast fashion works. You got like these like 10 t-shirts and you tell them it's a a limited stock. Uh, These designs are leaving in a week. And it kind of, it it really... Signed by Jesus, all of that, yeah. (laughs) Signed by (laughs) Jesus himself. Signed by Jesus during the Last Supper. And then we got, yeah. (laughs) But like, that's how you do it, is you get people's attention. Like, if you go into like a website and like these timers actually reset every every few hours or so, but it's like three hours, the price is going to go back up, buy it while it's on sale. And then I look back three hours have passed and the timer reset and it's still the same price as it was before. It's all just a, a scam or maybe not a scam, maybe more of like a marketing technique, but hmm. I think it's a pretty good one. You know, there's a lot of impulsive buyers out there. Yeah. There's, well, there's a million different, um, what do they say? There's, there's not one way to get a thousand customers, but there's uh, one way to get one customer. So there's a thousand ways to get a thousand customers. So I don't know, people always try random stuff because some people won't buy something unless it's on sale. Some they, people won't buy something unless they have like a sense of urgency. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, yeah. Everybody's got so much different impulse control and psychology that goes into sales. That's a crazy industry, man. Yeah, and it's something that I want to get into. Marketing, marketing for sure. And honestly, we got to start wrapping this up soon. Like we're going to hit two hours pretty fast. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to mention? Um, let's see here. Uh, I guess, you know, all I would say is RIP Michaela Miller. That's, that? um, she is, um, uh, she, she was 
she is not living. Obviously, I said R.I.P. Um, and it seems the the situation behind her death doesn't doesn't look to be super great. Doesn't look like the cops are investigating it very well or very thoroughly. And uh, basically, a 16 year old that that died and doesn't seem like they should have died that way. So, I y'all could y'all could check that out. But you know, nobody should be should be dying tied to trees or anything like that. So shit, she died tied to a tree. Uh, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So, you know, no matter, no matter what color you are, all that type of shit, like, I mean, that's, that's super important orientation, any of that stuff, like nobody deserves to, you know, like everybody's going to die, but like nobody deserves to be taken sooner than they should, let alone for shitty reasons like that. Yeah. What was the, what was the reasoning? Um, I, I, that's the thing. Um, not a lot of things are, are specifically known, but, uh, her mom just seems to be very, very upset that, uh, I've heard some things. I don't know what is rumor and what is fact, but I've heard stuff about, um, you know, the, the, the cops not doing their job or not investigating or even threatening the mother or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff going around and I don't know what is true, but all I know is that a 16 year old died and we don't have an answer. Yeah. So stuff like that I feel like is important to be aware of like yeah. I'm not the most the most woke person but I I always try to come from a place of empathy it's like you know yeah we, we don't need all that violence yeah, that's something I gotta work on you know but whatever but just like following I don't follow news stories especially ones like that like I had no idea if this was all over the news I had no idea Mm, I, I don't I don't know that it is in the news I'm honestly not that plugged into the news this is the type of stuff that um, uh, like this is why I follow people like D.L. Hughley or um, uh, Chuck D of Public Enemy because they're they're a lot of times posting things that are very socially relevant um, you know not to not to take this podcast and, and kind of pull us to a to a sad point or anything or but you know these are things that are you know real in the world and and uh, at the end of the day, like everybody is someone's son or someone's daughter or something like that. And, uh, you know, nobody deserves to be burying their own child. So I think it's important to at least stay a little plugged in, you know, to places like that. Like Chuck D and DL Hughley are great places to start for just at least being, you know, plugged into things like this that are happening. Because uh, I think it was Talib, Talib uh, Kweli that, uh, that posted about, uh, about this girl, Michaela. And, um, and that just got me, you know, looking into stuff a little bit more. So be, be, uh, be vigilant friends. <laughs> yep. Uh, RIP to Michaela. Uh, Serious. But actually, I, you actually brought up a point that I want to talk about. So there's things like, like, let's say like this Michaela situation, I haven't seen this online, so I wouldn't know, but if we go back to like, the summer was like George Floyd, people were doing like fundraisers and actually helping. Like how, like how important is it really if you can't help? There's nothing you can do to help. Well, I think, I think there is something that everybody can do to help with stuff like that though. Cause every time something like that happens, people are like, oh, it's another thing or another social justice where you're like, there's a, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you, you're also very white. Like I'm glowing the dark white, you're glowing the dark white. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there's a, there's an amount of perspective that we don't have about some of the the, the police brutality issues and things like that. Um, and so I think trying to understand that perspective in the first place is huge because then it gives you um, much more empathy for people in the world. Because at the end of the day, a lot of this is because 
um, like if you if you boil it down to its specific parts, if if police brutality or you know the justice system not working or affecting people of color, you know, harder than it does you know white people essentially, then uh, you know understanding something like that rather than just being like oh well like it's not an issue in my life that's that's where the privilege comes in, um, and so the understanding and then having that affect the circle of people around you, I think is, is the best way to influence, you know, positively. Cause a lot of the stuff, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't know this person. I don't know. I mean, she, yeah. Michaela was in Massachusetts. And so it's like, I'm sure there are ways to donate to the family or to, you know, things like that for her service. But um, you know, the, the, the best way that you can, that you can really help with stuff like this is to help raise the, the awareness and influence um, of positivity so that it doesn't happen again like we I mean how many people have died you know yeah but it's just like like what can you do to stop it like we can't stop people from dying and we can't stop cops or bad cops from shooting people why not because we can't we can't control people at the end of the day like we could have you could have a shitty cop right and he could be seeing all of this right now and he could just go back to being a shitty cop. Yeah. But I mean, that's also why we have things like body cams and like, yeah. um, so, so Chauvin, the guy that, that killed Floyd, um, he, he got, he got uh, convicted. Um, I think we're still waiting on sentencing to hear, you know, what his actual punishment is for killing George. But um, you know, things like that, I think are important because it shows like, Hey, if you kill someone and it's, not because you were actually protecting people as a cop you know that's part of the the issue is like are you who are you protecting are you protecting the people or are you protecting like the white people from the black like there's so many different perspectives on policing and um and to you know just disregard the stuff that happens is is almost just as bad as as doing it i feel like you know like I, i i wouldn't say it's as bad to disregard yeah, and actually shoot someone but like yeah i guess like there's like a sense of like not caring you know mm-hmm. especially I mean, nowadays I, because i can you can just go on your phone and see everything remotely so nothing yeah. really is stopping you but i what i i will say what i don't like is when they rub it in your face because like as soon as something like this happens like everyone's uh there's so many like guilt posts and stories about it that kind of like it just seems it makes you feel so guilty in a way and that's that's something that i don't like about this well that's that's one of those interesting things about guilt like like have you heard the the expression white guilt kind of like i've seen it i've seen people posting stuff like that i don't again i don't look into it maybe i should but i mean there's there's a bunch of stuff like like uh i was talking to my buddy about this yesterday actually uh, uh eric the guy from fairly faded um, we were talking about privilege and um, like representation of people in color, people of color in film and how it, how it just, it, it, there's so many different things that, that, um, that people prioritize. And so like we were talking about representation, representation in film. And I was like, I personally am not, like, I don't get, I've never had a problem with seeing people that look like me in a movie. So obviously, you know, I believed as a kid that I could be an actor or something like that because I saw that it was possible. There's yeah. a lot of people who, you know, don't look like me that didn't have those types of beliefs and were excluded from Hollywood and movies um, just because they were a person of color. Yeah. Well, that, that's um, too bad. That's, that's, I don't think that's good. I think that's wrong. Of course. I mean, that shouldn't happen, but how does that compare to say 
someone like Michaela, you know, literally dying, like, or, yeah. or George Floyd, you know, and all of the videos, like there's so many different people that have died for stupid, stupid reasons that shouldn't be dead. But, uh, you know what I mean? People just yeah. get away with it and perspective think, is everything, man. Yeah. I think as long as, right. Like people say justice is served as long as like, you know, whatever, like justice is served in like a peaceful way that that's that's i think that's healthy you know instead of people like you know lashing out and like especially like we've seen in this last year uh people get really upset over these things online people are smashing buildings storming capital buildings all this stuff as long as none of that happens i think it's a great thing as long as it's peaceful and to, yeah. to be honest i don't know i don't know if we're heading in that direction like again hate to bring this podcast to such a sad end but i think we're gonna go to war <laughs> i think we're gonna go to war if this doesn't get sorted out well, or if, if not maybe have like an uprising because there's uprisings like, you see colombia and in hong kong this isn't just happening here in america and canada there's so, people are uprising against the government and police all around the world so that, I think that could be a positive thing, right? If it turns into like a revolutionary thing for the people, but if it's people turning against people, then it's just gonna go south. I think honestly, man, either way, um, like we all just need to put our shit to the side and just try and let people be themselves. Like obviously, obviously being yourself shouldn't involve, you know, hating on someone else. So it's like, at what point do we just put our baggage to the side and say all right like stop hating each other like it's not that simple obviously but yeah. you know like i feel like a lot of these issues would be solved if if you know people would uh, uh try and look at it from other people's perspectives yeah you know? like that's where that white guilt comes in like i've been in in conversations where somebody says something about like representation in film or something like that and like i'm the only person um sometimes where I'm, I'm the only white guy or I'm the only person that, that has that privilege in that, uh, that conversation. And so I almost feel like, oh, like I'm the asshole. Cause like I had, you know, more perceived opportunity um, or literal opportunity, depending on, you know, the, what it is yeah. than, than anybody else there. And so it's like, oh, I didn't do anything with that opportunity. So I should feel guilty about this because, and it's like, no, I didn't own a slave. I didn't, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. use the N word. Like I do, everything I can in my life to make sure that I am, I am fair and I am empathic towards people, especially people that I don't know or whose experiences like I can't, I can't relate to. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've, okay. I've experienced, I've experienced something similar. Like I used to be an actor from when I was like about 10 to like 15. Like mm -hmm. I, I, cause I was an actor at first. It was something for fun. Then I just kind of got out of my shell. And this is why I'm, I'm a, I'm a better talker than I used to be it's because I took these acting classes and these improv classes. And then I kind of just went into like the more like behind the scenes stuff film, like as I just kind of evolved as a person. But another one of the reasons why I had to leave like, like the theater, as you call it, it was like, mm -hmm. there's this culture around like theater nowadays, especially where they don't, they don't like straight white men. And like, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying that I'm, I'm being completely serious. Uh, I've like, eh. I've felt so much, I guess, like uh, I, I was left out of a lot of things 
uh, in that class because I was like a straight white guy in theater. And there's these kids who were gay and, and uh, all that stuff. So, and they're getting so, better opportunities than I was. So I'm just- well, Was that was that like explained to you it was because you were that way or was that yeah, just what yeah, you kind yeah. of figured out? No, no that, that's, what, that's what they said to me that my improv teacher, I love my improv teacher. She was actually a really good teacher. She was really hard on you and she really kind of like, she was a really hard teacher and she really taught me well but mm-hmm. we've had issues where she was talking about like you know women in comedy uh, obviously there's not there's not as much or there there wasn't as much up until now at least and mm-hmm. she she kind of carried that on to just like some innocent guys like me and my friend Liam it's just and we have like a a pretty dark sense of humor right and we're not we're not dark people we're not sociopaths that's just what we find funny if we find it funny it's funny right and we weren't allowed to make any of those jokes we weren't allowed to make jokes about women when she was there and it was like so almost almost censoring us and kind of like categorizing us and putting up pushing us to the side which is hypocritical because that's what she's talking against she's talking against women in comedy getting pushed to the side and she's pushing us to the side after i think that's unfair i think I mean, so, but like, if somebody's been ahead for forever, that's one of those interesting things about it. Like, like if, um, like if somebody else has opportunity that you don't, then it doesn't feel fair anymore. But then at the same time, it's like, that's what the other group has been experiencing. It doesn't make it right to exclude you. Like, but at the same time, it's like, it's not the end of the world. I feel like if, because I've had those moments where people are like, okay, white boy. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, all right, and I just take a step back. I'm like, if, if that's the way you see me is literally just like white boy, then you don't see me. And that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those things that uh, uh, everybody's got their preconceived notions, you know, and everybody's got their own little sorts of like prejudice. Um, it, it doesn't have to go all the way to something like racism, but everybody, you know, when you say white person, you say black person, you say Asian person, everybody's got some sort of a stereotype or something in their head. It doesn't make it right. But just because your brain thinks of it, are you a terrible person? No, it depends on what comes out your mouth. No, like that's just nature. We have stereotypes and that's just how it's going to be. Even now when we're trying to like dismember stereotypes, we still need stereotypes for survival, right? It's just like false stereotypes that we got to get rid of. And yeah. I, don't, I don't mean like in comedy. I don't, I'm, I'm against getting rid of stereotypes in comedy. Like they got rid of a poo from the Simpsons because there's, you know, offensive to the stereotype. But the, oh, every yeah. everyone in Simpsons is a stereotype. Like, get rid of Homer. Then he's a stereotype of a middle-aged white guy who's stupid. Like, there's way more jokes about Homer being dumb than Apu being Indian. Yeah, I think those are definitely different, though, because like, dumb people have the ability to become smart. An Indian person doesn't have the ability to become like a different race or like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. I guess there's there's something weird there about like accepting yourself i guess is that just me <laughs> maybe and it's also just like you know i'm you know, i'm not gonna lie it is it is kind of a real stereotype because every like circle k or 7-eleven i go into it there's an indian person at the till and like i have to laugh at like the situation because i'm like oh my god this they're seriously only employing uh indian people I mean, that's like, mostly like what I see type. too, but yeah. But at, at the same time, it's because like here in Canada, like some uh, fast food restaurants like Tim Hortons get, uh, I think like they get more money from the government 
if they employ uh, immigrants, which is cool because like, yeah, people can get a job easily, but they don't, they come here and they can't speak English and they need to work in like uh, fast food. <laughs> I'm talking to them mm. through the, you can't, you can't even talk to people through like the, through the tribe through half the time when they do well, that's just bad management you don't put the person that can't speak well on the microphone let's just yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm saying like that's like it's a it's a it's a good idea but it's maybe not always the right job like put them uh give them food or something give them something that they can actually work because that would suck to you know let's say i i moved from canada and i went to like germany and i don't know how to speak german and i was hired at some like 7-eleven and everyone's i'm trying to take orders in german i don't know how to say it that would suck okay that i I wouldn't want that yeah i've been to other countries it's it's tough to speak a different language in a different place oh my god man yeah like that that's one of the things too i have so much respect for people that that like come to a different country and like learn a new language and like learn a new trade and start like that's insane in the language you grew up speaking let alone starting from a different one (laughs) Yeah, and like, plus, if you're starting a new language halfway through your life, it's a lot different than learning a language as a kid because you kind of just pick it up mm-hmm. and as you grow older. This you have to learn on your own. Yeah, it is that's, difficult. That sucks. Like, I tried to learn French because, like, half the, there's another half of Canada, like in Quebec and stuff, where they speak French. So, if mm-hmm. I go there one day, it'd be, it'd be good to know how to speak French, but I, I couldn't understand it. And plus, I didn't want to pay for the app. So that crushed my dreams right there. Et tu peux parler en français. C'est, yeah. c'est, uh, ce n'est pas difficile. What did you, you say? Speak, I said you could speak French. It's not that hard. Uh, I know tableau means either toilet or table. And red is rouge. Bonjour. Uh, so rouge, rouge, I believe rouge. is red, something like rouge. that. Rouge, um, but yeah. that, That's all yeah. I remember tableau i think tableau is like book or something like that tableau, tableau. i don't remember anyways this is <laughs> this i studied is... french for years and went to france a couple of times so there's okay. there's just french floating in there sometimes. have you been to the french side of canada um i have yeah i've been to quebec i've been to montreal too there's canada's amazing man yeah no it's apparently it's completely different there and like from what i see they're kind of like the texas of canada like they're kind of trying to be independent from canada they think they're better than everyone so wow. <laughs> like it only you can only understand if you live in Canada but I'm not I'm not dissing them or anything there's still people but it, it's interesting I guess that uh, BC is completely different than like uh think about huh. yeah that is super crazy yeah I remember going to well one of my plate my favorite places was Vancouver oh my god just food was amazing uh, Montreal has nice architecture too no, never, never been. I've been to, have you been to like either Kimberly, Cranbrook or Nelson? I don't think so. Man, Nelson's a nice place, but you got to take like a ferry to get there. I'm uh, like, okay. I was like six at the time and I was, I wasn't the brightest kid. And my mom's like, we're going on a camping trip to Nelson. And she's like, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go ride the ferry. I'm like, sweet. You're going to go ride. I didn't really believe it. I'm like, a ferry? That's bullshit. And I look over and it's like a it's it's a boat that carries cars on it. Like that ain't Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah, and then I remember I got I had such a bad experience because I got locked in the bathroom and like people were getting off the boat. And like little six-year-old me with anxiety, 
I'm stuck in there getting claustrophobic, freaking out. Like this is this is not what I wanted. I want to go around on a fucking ferry. What is this bullshit? But wow. anyways, uh, this is getting really ranty. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta wrap this up here. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, shout out to Fantastic Hip Hop. Shout out to uh, I am Marshall Man. I'm gonna go check out Fantastic Hip Hop so I can plug him real quick. In the meantime, you can plug yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, first off, thanks for having me, Caleb, the one and only fanboy. Um, I am Marshall Man. You can find me at I am Marshall Man. Um, I've got hip hop content on Instagram. Um, I have uh, two podcasts. Uh, both on hiatus at the moment spotify scavenger and fairly faded fairly faded is exactly what it sounds like i just got faded with my oldest friend and uh, talk about movies and tv and music and all sorts of stuff Uh, spotify scavenger is essentially my playlist diary Um, i i playlist hours a day like music and hip-hop is a huge part of my life and and my my you know personality narrative all that kind of stuff so um, you know finding people within my network like Kalem or like uh, Mark Fantastic or you know just anybody shout out to, to ASAP Blonded um, dude's got a great page and I think there's just something really super special about being able to just kick it with the homies and have some conversations like this because sure. you know at the end of the day you know you and me don't don't agree on everything um, that we talk about but like we have the ability to talk about it and like respect each other's opinions and life experience and stuff and yeah. you know that's what it's all about man so I was going to say, that's what this is about, just having a conversation. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to, like, kind of let this stuff out because not everyone, not all my friends like to hear this stuff. So it's good for me to have an outlet where I can talk about these things and have fun with it and have hopefully other people find it entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. And like I said, uh, you can follow Fantastic Hip Hop on YouTube or you can subscribe to him on YouTube at Fantastic Hip Hop. And you can also follow his Instagram at fantastic underscore hip hop. And you can follow me on Spotify if you want to listen to this podcast. And on Instagram at fanboy underscore IG. Uh, fanboy underscore IG is where I post uh, tracklist rankings, album ratings, and other things hip hop. And I post a lot of content so you won't really get bored ever. And in the meantime, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you, Marshall, for joining us. Thank you, Fantastic, for the time that he spent on here. And yeah, I hope to, I hope you guys listen to the next episode. I'm Fanboy, signing out.